Welcome to the Funny Because It's True podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGeehan. The show is recorded live every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood in Los Angeles, California. Storytellers are either predetermined or chosen randomly on the night of the show to tell a true story based on different themes, and this podcast is a mixed bag of some of my favorites. The theme of this episode is bad boys, stories of a randy rebel, atrocious athletes, and prickly police. Nick Alberti tries to sneak into his girlfriend's house. Carl Tart has the worst record in college basketball. And I get cuffed and then stuffed into the back of a police car. But let's not dawdle. First up, Nick Alberti. I'll take you back to my senior year of high school, St. Louis, Missouri. And I was a fairly good kid all through high school. Actually, I was kind of a goody-goody. I never really drank. I never really smoked pot. And I decided a couple months before graduation that I was going to start being a bad boy. All right? Fuck everyone. And I started dating this girl who was like the, and I use this term very rarely and only when it really counts, she was a bitch. Okay? I swear. I swear to God. Okay? And it was, she was mean. She was a really mean, mean-spirited girl. But she was good looking and she seemed to like me. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to date this mean girl. What's up? So um, at, I should point out Mother's Day is coming up, and I'm going to dedicate this story to my mother because she immediately recognized that this girl was a bitch and was like, I don't like this girl. Don't bring her around. And I was like, Mom, that hurts. Come on. Uh, she's nice. I swear she's nice. You just don't see it. She's like, all right, well, we'll see. So anyway, I get into all kinds of trouble with this girl, but namely, uh, specifically on one night, she convinces me to wait till it's like 2 in the morning, leave my house, sneak out, drive across town to her house, sneak in. I, I don't know what we were going to do because we weren't going to have sex because, again, I was still kind of a goody-goody. And uh, uh, we were just going to hang out or something at like 3 in the morning. So I'm like, yes, this is a perfect opportunity to show how bad I am. So I wait till everyone's asleep, and I tiptoe out my door, and I get up, and I realize that my car, which is a 1980 Datsun 280ZX, is very loud and is going to wake everyone up. So I am brainstorming how I'm going to get this car uh, on and away. And I think, well, the best thing I can do is put it in neutral, push it a little out in the street, get it as far from the driveway as I can, and then turn it on. And I am, like, freaking out at this point because I'm, I'm balls deep. There's no turning back. Kick the car in a neutral, push it out into the street. No one's coming because it's 3 in the morning. I fire it up, and I'm like, oh, shit. No one wakes up, no lights come on, and I take off. I get to her house, and I haven't realized that a lot of time has gone by because I've been strategically trying to get my car out of the driveway. And I get to her house, and I knock on the window. It's a little knock, knock, knock. Nothing. Knock, knock, knock. She, uh, by the way, has a room in the basement, so I'm knocking on the basement window, one of those little sliding rectangular windows. Knock, knock, knock. Nothing. Finally, I'm just like, boom. And she finally comes, and she's like, hey. What's up? And I'm like, what the fuck? What's up? You fell asleep? She's like, well, you took so long. I didn't think you were coming. And I was like, all right, well, I'm here. She's like, oh, okay. Do you want to come in? I'm like, yeah, I want to fucking come in. It's three in the morning. I'm in your backyard. So she's like, oh, okay, well, I'll be up in a minute. So she goes upstairs and she goes to the sliding door. She slides it open quietly. She's like, come on in, be real quiet. So we go in, we tiptoe in. She slides the door closed, tiptoe downstairs into her basement room. She shuts the door and locks it. She's like, all right. Just be real quiet and we should be fine. Ten seconds later, upstairs, down the stairs, boom, boom, boom. Hey, why is your door locked? She's like, 
No, I just, I wanted it locked. She's like, her mom's like, open the door. Mom, I'm, just, I'm, I'm asleep. She's like, open the door now. So she opens the door. But first she says, hi, get in the closet. I'm like, what closet? She's like, this closet over. Just get all the way in the back. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I get in the closet. Okay. I crawl all the way in to the back and I'm like clothes on top of me. I'm like, Jesus, please do not let this go badly. So I'm in there and I am quiet, quiet, quiet. And her mom's like, I thought I heard something. She's like, you didn't. She's like, why was your door locked? Because I wanted it locked. Are you lying to me? She's like, no. She's like, were you talking to someone? No, mom. Is there somebody here? She's like, mom, no. She's like, are you stupid enough to bring someone here and think I'm not going to find out? She's like, mom, there's no one here. Look around. Go ahead, look around. And I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, okay, please. So the longest minute goes by. She luckily starts across the, uh, the room and I hear walking around, moving stuff, dead silence. And I hear the girl, she says, mom, he's, there's no one here. She's like, I'll be the judge of that. Walks around, walks through, looking around. Her feet stop at the, at the closet door. I just see her feet. And then I see her crouch down, start moving stuff, and then I hear, oh my God, is that a person? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Get out here right now. So I'm fucking pissing myself. And I crawl out and I'm like, hello, I'm sorry. I'm here. She's like, just, shh. I want you to leave my house. So I'm like, okay. I don't even have my shoes on me at this point. And I start walking up the door and she's following me up the door. I go to the back door where I've been snuck in. And she goes, ugh, through the front door. And I'm like, okay, sorry. And as I'm walking out, I hear her go, and don't ever come back here. And I'm like, I'm sorry. No shoes, run out to my car, <laughs> drive home, stop a block away, and quietly try to get my car back into the driveway, also thinking, she's not going to tell my parents. She did. I got in a shitload of trouble. And my mom was like, she is banished from this house. You should have known better. And I was like, mom, you don't know anything. And years later, I now know that my mom was right all along. Mothers can tell. And she knew the girl was a bitch right away. Thank you. That was my bad decision. On the night of the live show, we were running low on time, so I challenged our next storyteller to see if he could tell his story in two minutes. He pulled it off. Next up, Carl Tart. So this is a really bittersweet time for me because it's graduation time, and this year is especially bittersweet for me because this was the year I was supposed to graduate from college. I went to college after high school. I didn't do well in high school because I was an athlete, and all we had to do was get a 2.0 to play basketball, and that's all I really strive for. I was smarter than that. I wasn't a dumb jock or anything, but um, uh, I, I only got a 2.0. I, I made sure that I, I used to average out my GPA. I said, I got an A in basketball, and the rest of the grades are what they're going to be. Um, but so I, I, as I, not knowing, not being smart enough to know that the lower your grades are, the lower your stock is, especially if you don't do amazing in basketball. And I wasn't amazing. I was just a little bit over average. And, um, so I went to a, a pretty shitty school in New Mexico, very small school. And, uh, I played on the basketball team and we lost 25 out of 26 games <laughs> and, or no, 26 out of 27 games. And, uh, uh, it was <laughs> so this this the season. It's not gonna be funny now. The season was going. The season was going awfully. Uh, zero and five, zero and ten, zero and fifteen. 
We get to 0-18, and, and we enter a game against Western State College of Colorado, and the game comes down to overtime, and we beat them by three points. And we got so wild and shit-faced that night. I had never drank before that, and I drank like hell that night, and we drank jungle juice that had been fermenting in my friend Billy's kitchen for like two weeks. <laughs> and um, it got everybody really messed up, and we did all this, and we partied until like 7 a.m., and we had a game the next night, and we got blown out by 35 and lost the rest of the games in that season. And uh, the coach got fired. New coach came in. New coach came in and said, hey, we're going to give everybody a tryout and see where you are and see if we want to keep you. They didn't keep none of us. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I came back home to L.A., and I said, what am I going to do? And I started taking class at the Second City. And now I'm in the show. Best of Second City, Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Thank you. And finally... Me, Kevin McGeehan. But I've quit smoking many times in my life, and there's always something that happens, some weird, peculiar thing that makes me have the feeble, threadbare excuse that I need in my brain to start smoking again. Here's one example. In uh, October of 2002, uh, I had not smoked in six weeks. I was living in Chicago, and one night my best friend and I decided to go see a movie. And uh, we were huge movie junkies at the time. And we didn't care what we saw as long as we went to a movie theater to see one. So this night we chose one that was mildly embarrassing because there was nothing else to see. And we made a pact before the movie, we're not going to tell anyone that we saw this one in the theater. So we uh, see our movie, and then afterwards we make the decision that we are going to walk home, the 2.4 miles home, which in Chicago is not a big deal. Uh, sometimes you just start walking in the hopes of finding a cab or uh, walking for a while and uh, thinking that uh, you can take off a couple bucks off the cab. So we decided to walk. We part ways at mile one. So I still have another mile and a half to go on my own. I begin uh, right as we split off. I start walking uh, in my direction, and then I start seeing cop cars driving around fast, like they're looking for someone. And I think to myself, hmm, what's that, I wonder? Huh. Ah, guess I'll never know. Yes, I do. Within a second, a cop car pulls up, uh, gives the siren and the lights, and uh, two, co uh, two cops jump out and, excuse me, sir, can you come here a second, please? Uh, Okay. And I go over to the car. Can you tell us what you've been doing tonight? Uh, I'm walking home. Uh, where is home? Lincoln and Berteau. That's about a mile and a half. That's kind of far. Yeah, I like to walk. What were you doing tonight? <laughs> now I've got to tell him. So I say, because I have an ironclad alibi, I pull out my movie stub and I say, I was seeing Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> At which point, he and his partner started laughing. <laughs> And at which point, we're now buddies. We're good pals because I now have an alibi. I have been exonerated of whatever crime this was, which, which was they explained to me somebody had tried to rob a garage, and they got foiled in the attempt, and they were running around the neighborhood, and the cops were trying to find them. But the two things that they had were a blue jacket like I was wearing and roughly my height. Otherwise, nothing like me. So we laugh, and like I said, we became buddies. And I just got along with them great. Then we parted ways. I gave them a goodbye. They gave me goodbye, and I walked another 25 to 30 yards, and then another cop car pulls up in front of me, 
Excuse me, sir, can you come over here? What have you been doing tonight? And I don't know what it is, but there are times when I am confronted with law enforcement officials where I become kind of a smart aleck, like the smart aleck you'd like to be if you were in a movie. And when they pulled me over, uh, my response was, if this is about the guy who tried to break in the garage, I already did this dance with your buddies down there. And they didn't find that funny at all. Uh, so they uh, bring me over to the car. They ask me to empty out my pockets. And I say, I've, I saw Sweet Home Alabama tonight. And uh, they don't laugh at all. Uh, here's something just to keep in the back of your head. If you are friends with certain cops, that doesn't mean you're friends with all cops. Uh, then my original cops pulled up as uh, I was being interrogated by these new cops, and they said, oh, it's okay, he's fine, you can let him go. So now they let me go, and as I'm walking away, I see a third cop car, one that I've not seen yet, drive by slowly, watching me. So I'm walking down Damon Avenue making my, hey, guess what happened to me phone calls, and no one is picking up. I'm only getting voicemails. And then I walk the final mile to my apartment. But before I get there, I get to a blockbuster video. Remember those? And I go inside, and I start to look for a movie for the night because I deserve it. And uh, right then, someone called me back. So I didn't want to be that douche who talks in blockbuster, so I walked outside to take the phone call. I start telling this uh, woman, oh, my God, here's what happened to me. I was uh, pulled over twice by the cops. They thought I was somebody else. Oh, my God. Oh, Wow. A cop car just drove by me. I remember seeing those guys when I was being, wait a minute, they're turning around. They're making a fast U-turn. They just came up on the sidewalk. I'll call you back. So these two cops have now come up on the sidewalk. Excuse me, sir, can we have you a second? They grabbed me, turned me around, put me in handcuffs, and slammed me down on the hood. And one other cop puts his hand on my chest, and he holds it there. And I have no idea why he's doing this. And I pretty much tell him that with my noises of, So then uh, they stuff me in the back of the car and they take me to a destination where they won't exactly tell me what's going on. I'll tell you now. Here's what has happened. Someone has tried to break into a house about about two miles away from originally where I was taken and detained. Two miles away, someone has tried to break into a house, but they were thwarted by the homeowner who chased them out, and he called the police. And now because they were in the vicinity looking for the guy who broke in the garage, now they could have a cop sent out there very quickly. Now, I am in the back of this cop car, and they explain to me what has happened. I say, I I couldn't have done it. I would have had to run two miles with the intent of breaking into a house, have that crime thwarted, and then run back to Blockbuster where I just make a phone call outside. Well, we know you couldn't have done it, but you were in the vicinity of two crimes tonight. You must have done something wrong. (laughs) So now I am taken to this homeowner's house. I am on the street, and this is the most emasculating, embarrassing thing I've ever had to deal with, of being on the hood of this police car, cuffed as they go upstairs to get this guy, And they bring him downstairs, and I will never forget this because when he saw me and was so upset about what had happened to him that night, he looked at me, and I quote, Are you kidding? How is that guy Mexican?
The two cops agree, and they take me back to my apartment. And as they are driving into my apartment, uh, the one burly cop says, don't leave your house again tonight. This will probably happen to you again. I go back to my apartment. I am shaking. I am scared. My roommate is there. My chain-smoking roommate is there. And he uh, listens to my story, and then he leaves. And then I don't want to leave the house the rest of the night, but he forgot his cigarettes. And I had the feeble, threadbare excuse I needed to start smoking again. Thank you very much. That's it. That's our show. Special thanks to our storytellers Nick Aliberti and Carl Tart. Also thanks to Josh Callahan, Mark Warzeka, The Second City Hollywood, and the Comedy Podcast Network for producing the show. You can like Funny Because It's True on Facebook to find out upcoming show dates and themes. All the past episodes are available for free download on the Comedy Podcast Network and iTunes. While on iTunes, feel free to leave a rating and a comment about the show. More comments help the show grow to a broader audience on iTunes, plus it appeases my staunch desire for approval and acceptance. If you would ever like to see the live show, Funny Because It's True is every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood, located on historic and odd-smelling Hollywood Boulevard. So come out, put your name in contention, and maybe you'll get chosen to tell a true story on stage, and from there, get chosen to be on the podcast. My name is Kevin McGeehan. Thanks for listening. Receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.